What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents a history of sitcoms through WandaVision, the seventh episode. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz. With me today is Jamie Jurak. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this was this was the seventh episode, right? I'm not. Yeah, that seventh, is correct. Seven, seven yeah, that nine. sounds <laughs> correct. Yes. We're breaking the fourth wall. The aptly titled episode. Another great introduction. A lot of twists. A lot of turns. A lot of reveals. We didn't quite get the big one that I think everyone thought we were. But to that, I say, manage your expectations. I feel like everyone needs to do that. Yes. We're saving <laughs> the heavy hitter. Because look, here's the thing with these. It's fun. Ooh, the X-Men, ooh, Fantastic Four, I get it. These are IPs that they can use to get you back in a theater when it's safe. These are not characters you put at the end of WandaVision. These are characters you either go subscribe to Disney Plus for the X-Men show or come and see the X-Men. You don't tuck them away when no money is to be made. <laughs> you don't buy yeah. a studio to lose money. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about, guys. We're here to talk about this great episode, some history of in-camera mockumentaries, really, Modern Family, The Office, Parks and Rec. There's a little happy endings in here. Other 2010s. I guess thousands, tens were blending now. Although WandaVision 10 was trending on Twitter before this episode, so it is a 2010s one. I think it's safe to call this I think this is the 2010s. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, we. I think we just have to accept that we skipped the 90s. <laughs> just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I have a, I have a theory on that now um, that we'll get to. So, what do we think, guys? Episode seven, breaking the fourth wall. We are officially thrust into millennial nostalgia. These are the shows that have plagued dating apps for years. Quotes on Twitter, Dwight and Jim references. You can't get away from it um it's funny because like i lived on the last decade plus of just watching modern film like it was one of my favorites it comes to watch the blackish is probably up there too so it's kind of like these type of shows are like my sweet spot my bread and butter now so seeing this show sort of play in that well I'm like oh that's i know this this is this feels like home i know this part pretty well they don't it's weird though they don't live there that long in the show with with, with the sitcom part of this they kind of get in it's a setup piece and then they move on but i really still dug just spending even a little time because it's the best way to sort of blend where the mcu is with wherever they were coming from with the sitcoms it's the easiest way to sort of like all right now this is existing in the same world even though we're still doing some weird stuff with these talking to the camera and breaking the fourth wall it still is the closest to sort of merge those worlds so that when things probably all hell breaks loose these next two episodes we, we now are like, all right, we're on even footing. I loved it because I, I love mockumentary comedy. And, um, and it's not, and that goes way back. That's, that started for me in 1999 when Drop Dead Gorgeous was released. And ever since that movie, mockumentary has been one of my favorite, if not my favorite style of comedy. In fact, in college, uh, in the class we were in together, Blake, my first ever feature film that I wrote was a mockumentary. Um, it's, I, I don't, it's my, I think it's, it's just so right for comedy. And I especially, it, the best joke to me is in the very beginning when she's like, who hasn't expanded the border of the reality? And they cut to all the sword people like running around in terror that that kind of shit is my bread and butter. I think that stuff is so funny. And we got so, just so many good jokes, like Vision hitting the boom mic and the moment where it cuts to Agnes and she says, I bit a kid once. Um, yeah. That to me is is perfect comedy. But weirdly, in, d despite that, I, I've, n I've not seen a lot of Modern Family. Um, however, in the past couple of days, I did watch the entire first season of that. So uh, I did enjoy uh, getting to like say like, oh, wow, Elizabeth Olsen really channeled Julie Bowen. She 100%. Such a good job channeling. And Julie Bowen actually took to Instagram and did a post about it and was like, and yeah, it happened to air the day, the one year anniversary when they wrapped filming Modern Family. So, um, so she like kind of celebrated that fact together. And I thought that was really cool to see because we haven't seen a lot of the, the people from the sitcoms that they've um, paid 
um, homage to, homage to like say things. So yeah. it was neat to see Julie Bowen like. I mean, obviously the first really couple those folks may not be around anymore, but yeah, this is the first time mm -hmm. where they're actively still around and still active. Like that Modern Family just ended, so those folks are still in the business, so they probably are actively watching it. It's the same Disney umbrella with ABC and stuff, so they're kind of like, all right, I'm aware of this. I know, I know what know what this is so yeah that is pretty cool that she actually this was out. it's interesting as we creep closer and closer to uh like our age because i feel like we we hit the early thousands blended with some 90s and that's when i was all like oh my god we're here we're doing all the shows i know and grew up with the things that influenced me modern family is you know it just ended we're right on the heels of it so seeing something reference something that wrapped up almost a year ago to the day i think it was in april when they premiered the last one it was a few weeks into the pandemic it has this very strange like it's not quite nostalgia and yet at the same time there's so much nostalgia in it because you can't talk about any of these mockumentaries without it be, going all the way back to the 90s as jamie brought up these did start in feature films best in show all I mean, of the spinal tap that was spinal that was tap. it yeah so it's, a, it's all there, the British office, the office, Parks and Rec, into Modern Family. These have all been huge, successful shows that brought us back. But for me, this episode, I really liked all of the reveals. I liked all of the narrative stuff we got. I loved Darcy in the circus. I liked Vision figuring it out. I think for a mockumentary episode, there were some beats we didn't quite connect with. Part of that tool is the, the creative zoom ins and outs, the getting up close to Jim at a right moment or zooming out to reveal something. And I felt in this episode, there was a lot of arbitrary zooming in and out that I was very aware of and was like, oh, I think it feels like we're just doing this without fully grasping the How why. that works. Yeah. Because the camera in those mockumentaries acts as another it's a character it Absolutely. is it acts as another character it is i mean it sounds it sounds ridiculous and on the nose but it, that's what it is and so there were some times when i was like oh they're forcing this this doesn't feel that natural um but some of it did work because i think elizabeth elizabeth olsen's read of uh the, the mondays am i right that was a perfect zoom in that was the like they got it on that one but then there were a couple other ones like oh they're not quite getting how that works it, it almost felt like a film student doing it where i was like ah, oh, somebody's just being like you gotta throw in some zooms <laughs> i really did love though the 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 darcy and vision meeting each other and there was that like he was like did one of these like you know we met and the way that they kind of filmed that moment really felt i felt it in that second that, when he's like walking up to her i think that was my favorite in terms of visually how they captured that style that had a very office modern family mm -hmm. awkward kind of comedy that yeah. almost like cringy humor i guess you would call it that we haven't seen of like all oh, these people are just sort of trying to interact yeah, like I've seen a lot of that. Modern Family does a lot when you're like, oh, they're doing something at the mall where they don't quite belong. I think those shows, this show and the last decade shows are shows where we get outside of the house a lot. Most of the time, these family shows over the last couple of decades no longer spend the majority of their time because they're not on a set anymore. So they're not spending the majority of their time just in the living room or in the kitchen or in the dining room. So you start doing those weird offs where you're like, oh, this is a completely different spot. I've never seen this before. And they're doing something where it's like, I don't belong in this world. But we're taking that family beat and putting this in some weird aspect that we never, we normally don't have it. And where the episode really thrived for me was towards the end. These horror beats the show keeps doing. Where are the kids? We're finally in Agatha's house. We're about to figure out her big spoilery reveal that she's also the magic wielding Agatha. We get an amazing bop that's going to be in clubs for a while. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I just ordered an Agatha all long shirt last night. Oh, Can't I need to, to, I need to get on that. <laughs> Um, my wardrobe is now like half WandaVision. <laughs> you can't Shout go wrong. Shout out to Margie for the shirt I'm wearing. Um, it's, yeah, I'm, I, the Agatha All Along song is, what a game changer. And and a big thing for me is, because like you're saying that these last two episodes were like, it's your time and, and, and you're, it's your generation. And it should be mine too, because we're the same age. But these last two weeks were actually, uh, I mean, The Office I've seen 10 gazillion times. I rewatched the whole thing last month. But Modern Family, I'm not so familiar with. And Malcolm in the Middle, I'm not so familiar with. I grew up watching old sitcoms. The older, the, the earlier episodes, I actually knew better. Um, but 
then they hit, they surprised us because they, they, they threw it back again at the end and they gave us kind of an Adams family Munsters vibe with Agatha all along. Yeah, I think, and we'll get into my big, like what I think is they're going to do next. But my, my theory is that next week is either going to be a full on prequel episode in the forties or fifties or we're going to style it up like another classic sitcom trope and get some weird clip show episode. Yeah, it's going to be either a flashback or so, but they're basically going to explain to us how we got to this yeah. point, how everything yeah. started. Which I think will be great in the context of WandaVision, but I hate those episodes in, in sitcoms, and I'm so glad they don't really do them anymore. Um, yeah. Because, so I just, I just watched the Office episode a couple weeks ago where it's, I think it's like season six maybe, and they have like somebody come in to like assess because they just got um, bought by Saber. And um, and so the and, but the thing is like the, the tiny parts that are new are relevant to the plot. So you have to sit through them. But I just binged the whole show in two weeks. So I've seen all these clips it's, right it's, now. It's funny, show. those shows typically happen around the five year, six year mark for mm-hmm. audiences that are not, have not been on the whole time. So like, all right, cool. This is our recap episode to sort of catch it you totally up. But, but if you sense. watch them in a binge mode, you're like, I've seen all. I literally have just seen all. Yes. <laughs> when when that when that was invented, because Friends is like the king of doing that. Yeah. That binging wasn't a thing. Even right. even like DVDs weren't as much. Like I started buying TV DVDs eventually, but um. But now those episodes are very tedious. But yeah. they oh, made yeah. sense at the time. I think that's why they don't do them as much anymore. The medium has changed a lot. And speaking of the medium changing a lot, we are now in the 2010s. TV has changed from when Malcolm in the Middle aired and we skipped the 90s and WandaVision. We are streaming more than ever before. We are, we were done with the 24 episode mark that now feels long. We're in an eight episode. We're not really looking for ad space anymore. We are looking for how to get you to subscribe to Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Back when, back when there were only three, before everybody and their mom had a streaming service to offer you. <laughs> We're rebooting everything for everywhere. You can't get away from it. But in it came Modern Family. In a time where the sitcom was dying, network television was at an all-time low. You had a few hits with How I Met Your Mother. But a lot of these classic ones in the mid-thousands to early tens, even by the time The Office and Parks and Rec winded down, these were getting 2 million viewers a night. We were seeing a huge depreciation even amongst giant shows. In comes Modern Family, a show that now is on Peacock and Hulu, and the reasons for this are fascinating. Oh, that's a nuts deal that they've raised. Oh, I was really curious about this, so please tell me. I because my Jake Hijack um, was like, "Why is Modern Family on Peacock? It's an ABC show." And I was like, "I don't know, but it's getting me to watch it." So, what's that deal? All right, Terrence, you're gonna have to help me fill in some of these gaps because it is wonky and crazy. Yeah. So this was a show that they wrote. They produced, they wanted to get made. They believed in it so strongly and they went everywhere. NBC Universal originally went, we've got three mockumentaries already. We'll see you later. We've got The Office. We got Parks and Rec. We don't need it. And they brought it to Fox who didn't want to do it. Then they brought it, they brought it everywhere until ABC finally was like, we'll give it a try. In that, they then had to have ABC distribute, but a production company had to do it, enter Fox. This was back when Hulu was a subsidiary of NBC Universal, 20th Century Fox, and ABC. Everybody had equal shares in this company. When they started Hulu, it was an initiative of all of the television companies to get more people watching anything. This was a planet, which has now ruined them, <laughs> except for Disney, who's winning the game. The, a lot of the show's advertising space then came from NBC when it got on NBC for syndication. The majority of the money the show was making was through syndication on NBC. Hence, almost every single television network has a stake in Modern Family, which is why it is the first, if not only show to appear brand new on Peacock while it's on Hulu, where it'll stay. This is now a Disney-owned property. I wouldn't be surprised if one day it's on Disney Plus also. I'd say they'll probably eventually get there, yeah. Interesting. 20th Century Fox's banner plays at the end of every episode. 
and yeah. yet here it is on NBC streaming service. So yeah, wow. this, the the biggest thing is this the syndication deal that Modern Family has is with NBC Universal because that's how it's on USA. USA is that's an NBC is, product. USA. Yeah, USA is an NBC product. So they're like, well, technically, we already own the rights to this, so we're going to put this on Peacock too. And they're like, well, shit. All right, well then there you go. And that's how Modern Family sort of literally literally ends up anywhere. Like I looked up on Roku and I'm like, oh, this is everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Wow. And, and it's funny because I feel like Modern Family wasn't streaming anywhere for a while, which is why I had never seen it. Um, and I didn't even realize you said it was on Hulu. I didn't know that. I literally didn't think it, didn't realize it was available to me until Peacock got it. Um, so that's very interesting. Um, I hope that the listeners are as thrilled as I am to learn this new information. Oh, I've got Modern Family information for days. I've been re-binging <laughs> it and researching this whole time. Uh, we also, we, we spoke a little bit about research two episodes ago. This was another show, uh, a famous pilot that they brought everywhere. They showed it to an, a research screening and it, it did some of the best scores that the company had ever seen. This was an immediate two series order based off of just the response to this pilot. People fell in love with the characters, which we hadn't really seen in a while. Sitcoms were getting very story heavy, blending drama, blending heavier storylines. This brought back characters you could attach to that were in silly antics. If you really watch season one, it's a lot of traditional sitcom. Oh, we misunderstood each other. I, I heard you say something on a phone, but you didn't mean it. We, we're doing a lot of traditional vaudlin storylines at the top here, almost returning to form. It, 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 it blew up from that. They then showed it to investors. They were so confident. The investors gave them a bunch of money. If you're wondering why they had guest stars on guest stars that most shows wouldn't get till season four, it's not just that sweet Disney money. People... It, it was a smash before it even came to air. Then it came to air and it exploded. The sitcom was back in a time when everyone was streaming and making super expensive shows. They proved that you could take mostly unknown actors, put them in a, sit a setting, reconnect with people. You have new families. You quite literally have modern families. LGBTQIA couples with blended families and adoption. You have older people marrying younger people. You have elements of class system in it, people with varying degrees of kids. All the kids are acting different. It felt more real. It felt like Spider-Man Homecoming's high school versus Sam Raimi's Spider-Man's high school. <laughs> yeah. That's a good comparison. It's, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, I realized watching it that it, 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 this I have a lot of opinions about the comedy, which I think we'll get to later. But in terms of the family dynamic, it is kind of the first time that I really felt represented um, in terms of because my family has a habit of divorcing and remarrying and um, and and watching Jay, I don't need character is so much my first stepfather, the stepfather I grew up with. I mean, I always said that uh, my stepdad was like a red foreman, but watching Modern Family, I'm like, oh, maybe he's more of a Jay. He's like a combo. But but some of the things that that man says and his like, just the way that sometimes he struggles with a lot of things. I'm like, whoa, I grew it's, up with that man. It's fascinating because that's a lot of adults in that age group now. Like people's parents are like, I don't quite understand what all you, you kids are talking about. Like, I don't get the gender fluidity. I don't get, I don't get like you're, you're raising an Asian baby. I don't understand that, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm probably going to say some things that are very foul. <laughs> yeah, my, like my my he's my ex stepdad, but we still keep in touch. And like I, you know, I came out as bi, and he's like he accepted it, you know. But like I can tell, it's like his. I can see his like wheels turning in his head. Like yeah. <laughs> like okay, just don't give me the details. <laughs> well, this is it's an interesting thing because so much of the problematic comedy in the show I feel like tries to come from a place of he's they're old-fashioned and they're learning and sometimes they hit that and other times they don't they like do not like, uh. there's a, a whole joke with the um Cameron and Mitchell and their daughter Lily and it's in season four so we've come now a ways and uh they reference She's doing something for school and she wants to get going. And they're like, ah, oh, sometimes you forget to factor in that she's Asian. And it's like, what is this? 
this is this is that's yeah. this is this is this is bad parenting <laughs> like, very similarly um in the first season because again i've really only seen the first season this week um jay is always refers it's like my little fortune cookie or well, like, he, my like little the very first episode he calls her a pot a stick pot and i was like whoa wait what? exactly <laughs> and like and the fact that cam and mitchell don't like say anything um and there's a lot of that like under underlining kind of racial stuff like um like with gloria uh, sometimes it works the way that they like the Colombian uh, culture but a lot of times it's really I, I I don't know I haven't I tried to look up what what Colombian people think of the show and I couldn't find much I was um, go I was going to say there are it's weird because they're even in same some the same scene sometimes you're like okay that joke worked because you weren't as on the nose but then the popsicle like the pilot happens when they first learn about Lily and they they showed for the family and uh the, the dad, the younger dad, uh, Gloria, I'm not Gloria, to uh, with the three kids, he says, you named her Lily? Isn't that going to be hard for her to say? It's a super smart joke. It's very like, all right, that that's close, but that's a joke. But then they follow it up with Jay saying the pot stickers, like, you can't do both. That yeah, line is that's rough. That's what it is. is they <laughs> yeah. they double down on it. Right. And and the, and the thing about like the Lily joke is like, that is pretty funny, um, yeah. but also dicey. But it the is. thing about the pot sticker and then later again, Fortune Cookie came a couple episodes later, that bothers me is that it was, it wasn't treated as anything wrong. It was just treated like grandpa's got a nickname and it's a little racist. <laughs> right. Cute. And that's my problem a little bit with this first season. And I think with comedy in general, 10 years ago. Um, and, and I think another example of that is Cam. I think that Eric Stone Street is great in this role. He's very funny. He makes me laugh. He's adorable. Um, but as, as a queer person who, spends a lot of time with queer people it's very obvious to me that jesse tyler ferguson is actually queer in real life and eric stone street is not and i and i don't dislike eric stone street's portrayal i think it's again it's funny and it's good but i think that when this show came out they they had this idea that they were trying to be inclusive and they were trying to make inclusivity make more sense to to people who weren't used to it like it's a good bridge it's a like mm -hmm. like i said like i have a j in my family i understand that people are like this and 10 years ago it made sense to kind of use a show like this to help people along but i think that is one of the reasons why shows from like 10 years ago age more poorly than shows any other time well jamie um, pull out your bingo card because it's time to talk <laughs> about the power rangers then <laughs> what you're what you're hitting on is exactly what i think we've talked about with that show of like the black rangers black the pink rangers girl the asian is the mm -hmm. yellow ranger and it's it's easy to go well this is a more diverse show than friends or seinfeld so like so it's a one-to-one -one, but like we're progress is messy because like yeah. you're also getting into that very weird like diversity behind the camera and diversity on the show of you've got a lot of people with great intentions we're going to make some blended families we're going to make some lgbtqia folks in there we're going to get diversity we're going to do this and it's all going to be written through the lens of two white men yeah and i think when you do that it's easy to look back and go wow without this show we probably wouldn't have as much representation as we do now. However, th this show is not perfect. And it's a very, yeah, I, to, it's very weird because it's like The Office. People are always like, well, The Office now. And I'm like, yes, but if we hadn't done it this way, we also wouldn't know to not do it this I, way. Yeah, okay. I think anytime you have a show that runs for 10 plus years, 11 years, halfway through that, they're going to be fighting against time they're like oh yeah you're no longer the relevant one in the room or the one that's progressing or doing things ahead of time i think if this film i mean if this show came out today we would very much have an actual gay person playing eric stone Street. like there would be two uh people who are gay on that you probably would also have in this blended family a, a person an african-american you mm -hmm. probably have an african-american person somebody in that family as a whole you would probably have on the queer like lesbian side or queer side of it um it would be just a little bit mixed but i also think you would need to have people in the writing room and their directing That's room. The it's about, I looked up. Well. I looked on IMDb, and there were some gay people. Um, uh, there weren't a lot of people of color. I think maybe like one woman that I noticed. It wasn't very diverse, but they. But it was more diverse than some shows. Correct. But it is still mainly like run by a 
you know, like a white dude. Um, but I also, I, I would also like to say that I have no problem with straight men or women playing gay roles. It just depends. Um, like they're like uh, a good example is like Will and Grace. Um, uh, Will, why is that actor's name? escaping me right now um he's not gay and like and it's fine in real life because he doesn't like he's not playing a flamboyant but he's not right he's not overtly stupid exactly like sean hayes is like but the thing about sean hayes is he wasn't out for a lot of the show either so that's a whole different thing um but like I, i and i think it all comes back to like the current james corden thing where it's like James Corden in in the prom is so over the top stereotype ridiculous gay that it's like hard to watch and if like a gay man had been doing that it'd be easier I I really do think it depends on the role and I and I do think like I said I don't I I don't think that Eric Stone Street should not have played that part um but it is a little more noticeable now he is yeah. he really but is. i just think now hmm. in today's term he wouldn't have gotten I, I think we should probably have given that to somebody who exactly actually was. not saying that like he that. should have definitely had it then because he yeah. nailed it and and again like it shouldn't i don't think i do think that sometimes straight people play i actually think that the it's harder in comedy i think that if we're getting like sexy yeah. lesbian kate kate winslet in a period drama great but if but if like if we're getting like somebody in a comedy where it's like over the top anyway it feels a lot of the times like they're making fun well, and that's, that's not that's not the case in modern family but it is the case in a lot of things and that's right. i think the trick with comedy is that it invites mockery and making fun and then often they forget to do the other side of it like the office only works because like people think michael's an idiot mm-hmm. like, if he yeah. w- he's not good at his job and he shouldn't be there and it's talked about and it's mentioned and part of the other meta joke then is once you work in an office you're like oh yeah these people are here and hr is worthless like this is <laughs> this right. does happen mm-hmm. this way um you know part of it's why like you then get into smarter shows like Parks and Rec where it's like, oh, we're never really punching down at anybody. They've found other places to make the comedy. And Modern Family kind of does both. Yeah. It's just that every now and then you're like, oh, guys, like we can't do. Yeah, mm. I mean, sometimes it's literally just being a product of the time. Um, I also I also really think that comedies that are these single camera comedies the shelf life can sometimes be a little shorter because they're not always following the rules of comedy, uh, the rules of triplets where you like, that, that normally is not the structure that works in those type of comedies. They're doing things a little bit differently. Whereas you're doing a live action comedy where you're doing the triplets, you're in a live audience, you're telling people sort of when to laugh, you sort of, you're gonna always sort of know the tried and true of this is gonna always be funny, this part, these things always work. Whereas sometimes, the, the the single camera stuff one becomes subjective but two is dated to the time that whenever it, it, it sort of comes around so sure. since they're not hitting the rules of comedy it's more of like do you enjoy this was this working at the time or were you watching this at the time that this actually existed and that's where some things get a little some things don't hold up as well as they did when they first came I agree, and I, th- I think I, w- I think specifically, like if we really look at ten years ago, I think that a big thing about that time period is that um, it's when pe- it's when we we the collective we started trying to be more inclusive and doing things, but we took it too far. And and I and I, I'm thinking that I I was performing a lot of comedy ten years ago. I was doing stand up. I was doing improv, and I look back and I am so grateful there are no video evidence of the things I did and said. My college improv team, the amount of rape jokes we told, I used to host shows as Woody Allen. And like, and I, and, and, and my whole, my theater used to do a midnight show that was like supposed to be as gross and awful as possible. I remember my friend hosted a show as Amy Winehouse the day Amy Winehouse died. And I encouraged this. I literally was like, oh, that's gonna be hilarious to do that. <laughs> and there was just like no sensitivity and there was no, it was like at that point it was like everything's on the table now we can do whatever we want and and i at the time i I was i mean i was 20 but at the time i was like anything's funny everything's on the. we can do whatever we want and that's what comedy was 
I think then. Yeah, and there that's was... how we got we get like like blackface and Thirty Rock. I was about to say that. I was literally like, about to say Thirty Rock is the case of that. Like, yeah. Well, and, that's, and Thirty that's... Rock is a brilliant show. I love Thirty Rock, but but the amount of things that are very poorly aged in that show are because it came of that time. It started in I think '08. And it was like a time where it really felt like we can do, we can get away with anything because we are inclusive. So that means we can make fun of everyone when no, because, because that's just not scrubs the reality. That's, I was scrubs about to bring up scrubs. There's a lot of scrub stuff where you're like, oh, they had Donald Faison and therefore we're like, we can make every black joke we want. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, but <laughs> like, also like it's still it's also, you know, you bring up a good point that I think 10 years ago, the mantra really was either we can say anything or we can't say anything like the, the We had a very like all or nothing concept in society. And I think that's in a weird way where you have to get to start going, oh, hold on. <laughs> like, Well, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. We actually have to we have to figure out how to do this. And it's not that you can't say anything. It's that if you're going to say it, you need to say it right. I remember when I was doing UCB improv classes, this came up a lot. We had a, um, it was so bad that I even laughed at it, but we had a scene. It was a, it was a female, it was a, a woman teacher and a lot of girls in the class. And we did a scene where you, if you know improv, they're, oh, say a word. We're going to do a little monologue and do a scene. And somebody made a joke about like, I hate, gyms that have treadmills in the windows because i run and and my boobs bounce up and down and then men stop and stare it's awful like why would you design it this way so a guy started a scene with a girl and just said oh, i like the way your tits bounce and i knew it was inappropriate and i knew it was bad and everyone's face and i laughed so hard just because i was like this guy it couldn't be more tone deaf like everyone laugh at the idiot with me yeah and of course no one did and it took me like two minutes to realize like oh i'm just cackling in the back of this room by myself <laughs> and then we yeah. had a conversation of like look you can do that but the scene needs to be about why this guy's an idiot and not him just like right. going there, up and be there like, are smart hey, ways the to get it. Right. It's like there's smart ways to get to some of these jokes. You just have to, you can't take the easy route to get to those those punches. And the thing about that that I think I I, I would say that um a lot of horrible, horrible things happened in 2016. But I think that with um with like the Me Too Me Too movement and everything. Um, one thing is that um, we have found a better balance of what's appropriate in comedy and how we can do it. And I think that because of that, there are a lot of comedians who are like, everyone's so PC. We can't do what we want anymore. And it's it's really like, no, dude, you just were never really funny. You were leaning on these crutches yeah. that were wrong. And if you can't adjust to what what is right, well, and we have gotten, I mean, literally Barb and Star go to visit Del Mar is one of the funniest the effing best. movies I've seen in years and comedy right now it's like we're we we've gotten to a point finally where we understand what is appropriate you know we're not perfect it's not a perfect system well, yet nobody's but gonna it's a lot better than it was 10 years ago yeah. it's one of my favorite interviews and I know he has his own problems I know Jerry Seinfeld's also not a saint and there's some eh, things in there with people he's dated but he did a uh, like a sit down with Ricky Gervais, Chris Rock, and Louis C.K. And in this sit down, Chris Rock starts saying the N word. Louis starts saying it, and Jerry Seinfeld immediately is like, "What are, what are we doing?" And Louis C.K. is like, "Well, you know, you you don't really know Chris and I the way we know each other. I, I can say it with him. He he gets it. We get it." And then Ricky Gervais starts laughing and he's like, oh, we have two different people in this room. We have two people who will who will say the N word, and then but he says the N word. And he's like, and then we have two people who won't say it. And Jerry's like, but you just said it. Ricky. Right. You just said it. And he like kind of calls all three of them out and is like, look, you guys have found the comedy in this word. I haven't found the comedy in it. Frankly, I'm not looking for it and I don't want to find it. This was pre Louis CK. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, like is 10, this the one, wasn't Bill quote. Hater in there too? Is he might be later. Of? There was just them. Or like four. he like moderate. I think I know what you're talking about. And I feel it was like, like a sit down with the four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think I've seen that. And I and like there is a point where I, I feel like uh, the N-word's a great example of of oh, my friend says I can do it, whatever. And it's like, hun, your friend is not comfortable with that. <laughs> like, no. 
They're and, just making it easy. And, right, so they're making it easy so they don't want to get into an argument with you. But I also think that your, if your friend is sort of leaving you out there to drive, because if you, if you say that word around the wrong company who, who is not your friend, it's not going to go well for you. Um, and that's sort of where the comedy comes in, because you're like, you're saying that like with the two of them, but you're saying this now where people are videotaping this and can see it. You're no longer in the company of just the two of you. You're now saying this publicly. That doesn't fly with the majority of the yeah. audience. Chris well, Rock said it's okay. Does not mean it's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't represent every single black person? <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> Anyways, this all brings us back to WandaVision. The rest of the 2010s is like, it's kind of boring, really. It's, we're transitioning over to streaming. Modern Family has proven there's still an audience for these shows. You, you get some ratings. For some reason, Chuck Lorre is running the world. Uh, Big Bang Theory is huge. Two oh, Broke Girls comes in there. The half men. Yeah, yeah. Two Broke Girls comes uh, in CBS, there. CBS. Yeah. Why was CBS like all of those shows? My God, why was I, CBS? I mean, I watched a good deal of CBS Two Broke Girls, but I hate their comedies. They're all one note. It's like a very it's specific so style to them. Yeah. Like um, you know me, I love Cat Dennings um, so much, and even yeah. I have not seen an episode of Two Broke Girls because it's just not. I mean, I've seen a lot of Big Bang Theory because of family, and it's just. I don't know. Like, I just, I'll, I'll never, it's, it's what it's what I've said to my mother is it's comedy for people who don't understand comedy, um, which offends her deeply. Um, but it's kind of true. <laughs> but it, it plays to a low, a lower, like it's, it's punching down. Those shows all on CBS are like literally all punching down. And I'm, I actively stopped liking comedies like that. And I stopped liking comedies that were forcing me when I need to laugh. I don't watch really any more laugh right. track shows. And this was um, the the death of that in a lot of ways. You was, shows that had laugh tracks started to feel old out of the gate to newer audiences. Yeah. If, if you did that, so this brings us back to WandaVision. Using all of these tropes, where we've not punching down at all, none of the comedy has been bad. We haven't made fun of anybody in the show because I think Marvel's who also has their share of problems is smarter now than before. <laughs> they but... did start 10 plus years ago. So, well, look, that original Iron Man, he is. I say that Iron Man one and two, <laughs> man, there's some stuff in there. You're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's a little like, you know, post 9 11 racism is there for sure. Oh, yeah. So now we're, it's interesting using these shows and this decade. We didn't talk about happy endings at all. I'm pretty sure they did the intro. I really want to talk about that intro. Um, so you just brought it up. So I'm going to sneak in there. Great. I, I was, I was really excited to see what they were going to do for the intro. What I wanted was a new girl intro because I wanted to see Elizabeth Olsen singing about herself. Um, uh, but what I expected was community because of the Russo brothers. And that's an easy one to emulate the, um, what do you call those uh, For kids thing? fortune tellers yeah those like fortune teller things near your Mash. kid that's what the community yeah. i really expected this is that the hand gesture for them yes and i and i was um pleasantly surprised that they went happy endings because that is also a show that the russo brothers produced they weren't as involved as community i don't believe but um it was still something that they had a hand in so i felt like it was still the nod i was expecting but in a different way and i think it was a great choice because happy ending is is very niche and it was cut off before its prime it only got three seasons and and but the funny thing about and this it does is, have um, a new girls connection um i know wayne is well, yeah um, Junior, he he filmed the pilot of New Girl, and then but then found out that Happy Endings got picked up, so we had to leave New Girl. But yeah. then after Happy Endings got canceled after three seasons, he went back he to went New back. Girl, which good for him. Like, yeah, yeah, do what you can. But I so at first I was like, I don't know, I didn't know, I didn't know what the show was that they were doing. I didn't know what those signs were because I've never seen Happy Endings because of the six main cast members, there's one person of those six that I cannot stand. I don't think they're funny. I've always disliked them and I'm not gonna name them because I've never done anything bad. It's just a personal like mean opinion that I have. And so I never watched it. And I did watch the first four episodes this week and it is good. It's very much a modern day friends. I, the pilot literally starts with a runaway bride and six yeah. friends. It's like yeah. literally the same kind of thing. And, and, and I can see why people are upset that it got canceled um, after, 
after only three seasons and it is a bummer but it, i think but i do i really respect wandavision's choice to pick a show that didn't get to last that isn't that doesn't live in the 11 aren't, seasons in well, the history it almost the, matches thematically this aren't the showrunners yeah aren't the showrunners for this uh, attached and weren't they in some way attached to happy endings? I feel like that that's also how this the Russo happened. brothers are around. So okay. there's another um, which also like let's get some arrested development in there. The that uh Staircar was in Civil War. I think it was also smart to use the happy endings when just the the way that opening works, you couldn't really use modern family because the fact like vision's off, like he's not a part, like, the way that the, the story is taking place, it's just Wanda. So you almost have to do just well, solo just solo Wanda stuff you've at that got point. one. Did you catch the I know what you're doing, Wanda? The yes. one that slipped in? Yeah. So he's um, there. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, it was a smart way to, to do that without mm. kind of, you can't use yeah. the, the Modern Family one. I'm still sad I didn't get a New Girl song, but uh, but I do, um, I, I and the music, but the music kind of sounded office which was cool. Um, like it was a good combo. Like, that I like was what was interesting. Mm -hmm. It was like a, a office sound with the, the happy endings visuals, which was mm. like, oh, it's cool. It kind of like how the Growing Pains family ties combo with like a sprinkle of Full House. I like that some of them like this week, oh, that's Malcolm in the middle, but one week is a little bit of a combo. Yeah. And I respect that. I, 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 I really, WandaVision is, from a sitcom perspective, I mean, as a Marvel fan, I'm like every second of this is amazing. And I love it. And as a sitcom fan though, I'm really like, digging in and 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 having a lots of feelings and i really respect that they they did their research like they they really went all types of sitcoms and family sitcoms i should say but even i mean you know everyone's talking about how the moment where like vision looks at the camera like that's such a jim halpert moment um but that's just that's a mockumentary. The, I, I hate to say it, folks, but The Office did not invent it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's the American office has gotten so big that people don't even give respect to the British to office. The British, Correct. which is so good. Um, and I mean, I again, I cannot stress enough how much I love the American office. Um, I love it so much, but it's still like, Oh, I'm, 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 there's such a mockumentary history that the, is ripe. The office is up there with like, it's not a great one to one example, but it's up there with the last Jedi and things that I'm just tired of talking about. <laughs> I love, I love the office Fair. and I love the last Jedi. You know, I love the last Jedi. And <laughs> everyone has opinions about it. And I've heard all of them. And when people now are like, so do you like the office? I'm like, yeah, that's yes. We can. Yeah, yes, of course I do. Let's all move on. It's fine. Some people, and now it, now we're starting to see that pendulum swing where people are like, well, you know, Randall Park was around. He wasn't just Jim's prank. Like people are starting to be like, was this show that good? Michael was bad and Jim's a bad character. And I'm like, yeah, you really know that your show is successful when half the internet every other day has to be like, I have opinions. That's become <laughs> Friends too, to the point where Seinfeld, friends, it's like, yes. oh guys. Friends was my favorite show from age eight to 23. It was my number one favorite show. And uh, and I've been rewatching some of it and I still love it. It makes me laugh. That show is a good, the joke ratio on that show is it's unmatched, unmatched. except for my like, which is a better like, show uh they're like the but friends there's no show that can compete with friends in terms of joke pumping out jokes and yeah a lot of that show doesn't age well either especially for the us queers but um but it is funny when like a show like park or a show even parks lately because of chris pratt has been getting a little more criticism but the office and friends especially like there was like an internet turn where um, there's a bit of like, people are like, liking the office isn't a personality trait, which yeah, true. Yeah, we know I that. People just yeah. like it. Calm down. Yeah. Nobody, I, I've never met any, that's not true. I've met one person who very much was like, I am Jim and she is Pam and that was bad. Yeah. Um, but I, most people I know are never like, hello, my name is Blake. Uh, here are some personalities about me. Also the Simpsons and Seinfeld and the office. Like that, I've never, that's never been a thing. I but will say again, when I'm, neither is your astrology sign. So if you're going to come well, at me for my shows, then guess what else is in a person? Oh, Blake, if you want to rip on astrology, I'm. Um, you know, Mercury just got out of retrograde. doesn't care it. about astrology. Like, I don't care. Um, but I will, I, I'm on, like, I, I'm on Tinder a lot just because I'm bored. And That's I will say, though, when, when somebody has, like, the office in their profile, which is 
kind of common. It is like, it's like, okay, you guys, we all like The Office. Like, this is a basic bitch move. I will go ahead and wear this flag. I am one of those few people, and I won't, I won't go at anybody who does. I don't like The Office. Uh, I've seen probably three episodes, I think, of Ooh, America. I okay. do love the UK Office. Like, I yes, love the UK that's Office. That's um, acceptable. But I, I just never really got into. But I also, that was sort of during my phase where any shows, that's why I also haven't watched Friends, probably but a couple episodes for Seinfeld. I've seen a few episodes. But I, that was also my phase where if I didn't have that much representation that looked like me on the screen, I wasn't watching it. Good for you. This makes like, sense what's to me. Wrong with like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The show shouldn't be that way. It's like too much. <laughs> uh, so then the other part about WandaVision that I think will be more next week because I don't want to do a two-hour episode. Obviously, we have the Agatha reveal. We've got this Agatha song. We're doing. We're now in the monsters. We're now in this counterculture. I don't know what's going to happen next, both from a Marvel storytelling perspective and a sitcom perspective, because my fear yeah. was we were going to get the big, whatever this Luke Skywalker type character is going to show up, and the next two episodes were just going to be a Marvel movie. I now don't believe that that's the case, but I am yeah. now like, I could be anything. We know the Dark Holmes hanging out in there. We don't know where the kids are. Pietro's up to some nonsense. Snoop we had a post-credit scene. That's the one thing we didn't talk about. Uh, welcome to the age that I actually started to hate in sitcoms where the credits are finishing the story for you. And I hated it because shows started really doing their like tying it up with credits at the bottom. But I was like, let me have my feelings and then show me the people who made the show. So now put a yeah. weird like diffuse the bomb type situation. Why it gets really sucky is when you when you watch these shows via DVR and the shows record up until a certain point and they cut off the like the last button or last joke of whatever they decided to put in the post credit credit sequence. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Just and put it all where it's supposed to be. <laughs> similarly on streaming services because when it hits up when it hits the credits it's it, it they get it the shrinks down yeah and 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 gets you ready for the next episode but in some sitcoms it's like you're making me miss the joke the final joke right. that's very common on like hulu and stuff and it's annoying yeah but we got our first post-credit scene, which I also was like, now we're in the age of Marvel. Like they, yeah, that was such fun. a smart way. It's a little kind of a bummer. And I don't think, I think everyone's waiting through the credits because they're gorgeous. And I think we're all just, it's midnight and everyone's tired and they want to make their Age of Ultron jokes that we've had to do for the last eight weeks. We fun. get it, you guys. Age yeah. of Ultron's the next show. You that's don't have to keep That's what they're popping up, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't, yeah. If I, I'd rather but be spoiled on the next episode at nine in the morning than see another Ultron joke. But it's funny <laughs> how many people, like I, I was watching a couple of like reactors or reaction to, to this episode and how many stopped watching once the credit, like once the that's, original content over. Like they, it's we had reprogrammed to them to stop watching post-credits now. And I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> so the first thing I tweeted, we're in the 2010s. Expect the post credit scene. We are yeah. now, we're now in Marvel's right. world. Disney is, if there's one weird thing about the 10s, it, it, it's Disney's world now. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, I think, I'm sure I brought this up in the past, but I mean, as the biggest Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, that's something they did. And every single episode had like a, it wasn't really a post credit, but it was, but it was technically a post credit and it was awesome every time. Yeah. And but one sitcom that I really, I actually really wish the 2010s one division would have done this. One of my favorite bits is the way that arrest development would do like a next time on, but it wasn't really the next time. Like yeah. they, it was just like a joke that like kind of alluded to what was going to happen next week. And I, and I kind of wish that WandaVision's first post credit would have been kind of like that. Like, ne like, like we, like, like if Ron Howard's voice would have showed yeah. up and be like, next time on WandaVision. Just anybody's. That could have been yeah. anybody cameoing and just doing a like next time on Wanda. It could have been one of the Russo brothers. What are they doing? They True. can hop in a VO booth. And well, they're lines. currently promoting Cherry. I said Cherry, right? That's <laughs> Right? Yeah. Is that on Apple TV Plus? The, everybody Next bought month. an iPhone this year. Is going to be very excited to watch. <laughs> uh, we're well, speaking of out. amazing current sitcoms, get Apple TV Plus just to watch Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. 
that yeah, is the uh, that is the next day in 10 years when we do a reunion of this podcast like the the oh 10 the years Jamie, you'll be with us next i will figure out what we're doing after we're this. not oh, letting no, you i just go. mean this, this specific <laughs> wandavision one like obviously we're not going anywhere but um but i feel like when we when in 10 years from now when we talk about this this upcoming decade of comedy i think that it's going to start with ted lasso that makes sense the show's great i'd love to see it in this one i don't know what that show would be maybe they this go actually is a good spot like i'm 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 happy that i have no idea what the hell's about to happen i'm same. I'm, I'm excited well we've now kind of caught up to the comics we all know anybody who knew house of m yeah. vision uh avengers disassembled any other wanda centric story we're now kind of at that climax we now know the villain at least one of them my big theory is that agatha is working with sword and that the big twist is going to be we wanted to bring back vision we couldn't figure it out wanda came in and got him and now agatha's going to mess it up and mm -hmm. we're going to make her the villain and we're going to get our sentient robot back I mean, Agatha's not a villain in the comics, so I'm really interested. No, to see. she plays more of a mentor role. She's a mentor, but I, <clears throat> but I also love the like. If they do change it and keep her a villain, I'm like, yes, Catherine Hahn villain, uh, give it to me, girl. Uh, but she is having a ball. God dang it! <laughs> give her and get her and Elizabeth, and even Paul, they all deserve it. Yeah. Um, but 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 Catherine Hahn, I'm just so excited to see the internet gush over her because i've i've been a katherine hahn fan for a very long time i've, I've bookmarked her hbo show on my hbo yes. max mrs fletcher let me tell you yeah. that's some sexy stuff i've, I've heard it's really sexy <laughs> um she's sexy it's but but i'm just it's in like and but weirdly like twitter's been very gatekeepy this week like oh well i've loved katherine hahn forever oh yeah like, we're now doing yeah, it. yeah. like uh, and that's She's Great. a prominent uh, actress. Like, a lot of like, people have been a fan exactly. of hers for a long time. Um, Liking Catherine Hahn is not a personality <laughs> trait. <laughs> Full circle. Um, and it's like, you should be excited that the whole internet's obsessed with Catherine Hahn right now. I'm no. excited. I'm excited that people are finally realizing what an amazing if, actor Elizabeth Olsen is. I'm so happy. thing that everybody will always do, it is... I saw the band first. I remember when Yellow Card was in a barn in Illinois. And I was with Gambino I, back in the day when we were yeah, doing yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pfft, back when you were doing camp. Get on I Am Just a Rapper and I Am Donald Tour. Come at me. <laughs> Come into my house. When he opened for himself, I was there. Um, we, we, we've done it with nerd culture. We've done it with pop yeah. culture. Unfortunately, we're gonna keep doing it as much as I don't think people want to. Gatekeeping sucks. The more people that like your hobby, but look, I was young once. I remember when video games got popular and I was selling video games to the people who made fun of me for playing video games and I was pissed. I remember being like, now you wanna come in here and buy Madden and Call of Duty? You were punching me in the face for playing Zelda two weeks ago, sir. Like, <laughs> I hope that was just an over-dramatization and no one actually hit you. It wasn't in the face. <laughs> oh no, Blake. Um, I think that's our show. We're coming up on an hour. <laughs> Matt, like, no. like the 2010s, we're going to end depressingly. <laughs> no, it is a decade it ended pretty bleak. Ooh, I mean... <laughs> oh yeah. Really? I mean, Jesus, you guys... <laughs> uh obviously you're already here so subscribe and leave us a review if you have been listening if you are new to the show if you are new to terrence and i if you are somebody jamie has brought in leave us a review it is it is the most helpful thing you can do until we're monetized do it share it with a friend help us if you've made <laughs> it to this you. if you've made it this far you're the person we're looking for for this show <laughs> We love you. People left 20 minutes ago. They we didn't want to hear about, about. <laughs> They just want the reactions. <laughs> um, no shade to people who do reactions. I know that they, I'm starting to feel like I make that bit and I mean, it sounds bad. It's not. I'm like, I'm one of them. Terrence says them all the time. You can watch them on the Hollywood Already Did It YouTube channel where Terrence does our reviews for other movies. He does full reviews for the episodes. He does trailer reactions, Mortal Kombat, Godzilla. I don't know what else is coming out. 
You can listen to me talk about toys on the How Do You Figure podcast. You can listen to Terrence and I talk about other movies that you might not be able to do anymore and you can't do that podcast. You can listen to Jamie on Phase Zero on thecomicbook.com. You can read the rest of her work there and at buzzfeed.com. And I believe that that is everything on social. I am at, as always, Blake. Terrence is at Terrence Tatum and Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics. And you'll find the show. You already, you know it. It's fine. <laughs> Later. Amazing. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, uh, th- uh, this episode of WandaVision had a post-credit scene, so our episode of our podcast needs to have a post-credit scene. And I'm going to include what you just said on it because I have already hit record. <laughs> if you've stuck around this long, amazing. You're uh, one of 20% of our audience and you will be rewarded. <laughs> Because we forgot to talk about, and by forgot, I mean this was an intentional decision to do a post credit scene and yes. not at all something we just realized. Uh, <laughs> welcome to it. Uh, I am Iron Man has happened. Nick Fury is somewhere in the background. And you think those were the only commercials in WandaVision? Guys, we had a great commercial this episode. Uh, take it away. Yeah, I was sitting here before that commercial aired. Like the best way to do a commercial in 2000 is do these commercials where we talk about like giving you a pill and we literally just list off a bunch of diseases that it causes you if you actually take this. And I was like, and when they did it, I was like, oh my God, that is that is fucking perfect. That's what I wanted to a T. It really felt like, um, I mean, in this day and age, I don't watch commercials that much anymore. I'm sure you guys don't either. Um, but the, the depression pill commercials, wow what a staple and and you know when you think about it very messed up what an insane society we live in i mean truly we have these commercials um where this woman is just like depressed and and there's no i mean these commercials there's no nuance to them there's nothing that makes me like want to buy this depression pill <laughs> like like they're and it's like, like what a hard thing to advertise it's such you're a like, bizarre you're so concept. depressed come get nexus and you will be happy or at least drugged enough that it won't matter well and but I also think this you one... might be more depressed <laughs> that could be a that side was effect a, that was a great joke more depression yeah. uh i felt that was very indicative of like middle-aged to older millennial humor of like everyone makes mental health jokes whether or not that's okay and we should be doing it as a different conversation uh but that's definitely a thing these pill ads that are everywhere that i i can never tell if they're real or an snl joke i always feel like they're a skit yeah it's Uh, they are there is something deeply deeply funny about them in like a very dark way um because they're meant to be serious but it's just I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anyone who is in desperate need of a Nexus pill sees that commercial and are like, "I feel seen." That lady with a dark cloud hanging over, it. and sometimes in, they're like animated. Um, oh yeah, the little bubble that bounced. That yeah, was like a very yeah. '90s. Like, and he's sad. It's a. It's a. Biz- we we live in such a messed up society, you guys. I yeah. mean, truly, we're, we're Jamie out we're, here we're, quoting the Snyder Cut. Oh. <laughs> How dare you? You cut that from this show right now. I need you to remove that. I'm offended. Uh, I'm offended deeply. <laughs> this post-credit was a mistake. <laughs> it's staying in now. <laughs> the reaction was funnier than the joke. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, this also showed us where Wanda is. I feel like all of these commercials have kind of been indicative of where she is, and now she's just sad. It's She's sad, depressed, and Nexus, it, typically in Marvel form, that's a little play of like all these realities sort of converging in on one spot. So if that is still part of that, we sort of know why we're talking about this eventually leads off to Doctor Strange. Well, and the- in the comics, her and Vision are both considered Nexus-level villains. These are yeah. characters that have hex magic and abilities. There's the Nexus of all realities. We're, we're getting into some deep lore here, but... Yeah. Uh, it was a great commercial one thing about depressed wanda that is like so true and i and i I don't know this was the most relatable i've ever found wanda um i tweeted this but i mean i meant it like wanda waking up full of costume like like she's having like she's like i'm having a quarantine staycation i literally did that this week i took off work and and had a quarantine i mean i think everyone has been in that situation where they flip off the covers and they're like 
like, shit, I am still wearing the exact same uh, thing yeah, I was last night. That happened to me on my 21st birthday. <laughs> now, um, got my contacts. Ma <laughs> many years ago, and I'm going to regret telling the story on here, I um, was interning at a private party at the Drake Hotel. This was so long ago. And cut to me waking up on my couch the next day completely pantless and i never saw my that cell phone again i don't know what happened to my cell phone i don't know what happened to my pants but i was on the couch and i was grateful my roommate did not walk in and see me pants. i was like winnie the pooh in it uh, and so i just i feel you wanda i get that i get the uh you we've go all to been a, there you dress up for a costume party and the next thing you know in your bed <laughs> kids are trying to wake you up you're like nope not today kids that was also um uh yeah i i didn't imagine i don't know i don't want kids i don't have kids but the idea of like sometimes wow yeah what do you do when we all have those days where we don't want to get out of bed i assume i do um and to like also but like you have children to take care of that's i think uh i think that's the sacrifices parents talk about I and mean, they suck it up and they do it <laughs> and pop all the yeah. nexus pills all of them. <laughs> um i think that's it guys that's our post credit maybe don't talk about the pantless story or keep it in blake i don't care we'll see i have to this is going to be uploaded in like 12 hours my edit time is very You're tight keep <laughs> just keep it even though i know margie's listening it's fine all right i think that's that <laughs>